You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. Feel like who art Ed? Who art Ed? Mr. Wood, art Ed, me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and for this week's Fun Fact Friday, we're going to be talking about a famous portrait by the artist Jan van Eyck. In the 1400s, influencers couldn't simply scout a location, put up a ring light, and pull out their camera phone to snap dozens of pictures testing different angles and find the perfect shot demonstrating how much better their curated life is than the lived experience of the rest of us plebeians. Now, back then, if someone wanted a picture to go along with their smug sense of superiority, they needed to hire a painter. And in 1434, Jan van Eyck... It's spelled J-A-N, like Jan Van Eyck, but I'm told it's pronounced Jan Van Eyck. Anyways, Van Eyck painted one of the greatest testaments to the enduring power of carefully constructing a casually posed portrait. I'm talking about the Arnofoli portrait. Some argue it is the first sort of modern genre painting, a scene of everyday life, and yet it is far from everyday. The scene is captured in absolutely stunning detail. The portrait of the couple features details that signify their wealth and status from their fine clothing to the large brass chandelier over their heads, which would have been very expensive in that time. Even little things viewers today might take as commonplace, such as the oranges strewn about, were also displays of wealth as they were hard to come by and consequently pretty expensive. Arnofoli was a wealthy merchant. Some say the oranges might have been something he dealt in. Van Eyck must have been working with a magnifying glass and a single bristle brush as he captured the most minute details, including highlights on every individual amber bead hanging next to the mirror in the background. The mirror in the background is also a detail that at first glance may appear totally normal, but on closer examination and considering the time in which it was created, that mirror is a demonstration of remarkable technical ability in capturing this really complex composition. The mirror is circular with a convex lens. It bends outward, creating a sort of fisheye effect. Van Eyck not only captured the reflection of the rest of the room in that mirror, he also captured his subject's backs, 
The man in the portrait, Giovanni di Nicoleo di Arnofoli, has one hand up, and some say it's almost like he's like kind of waving to a viewer or someone entering the room from where the viewer would be standing. In the mirror, we get a glimpse of two people entering the room. Many speculate one of those people was Jan van Eyck himself, as he was a friend of Arnofoli. There's a lot of debate about the meaning and symbolism in the work, but a common interpretation is that this is a sort of wedding scene. The man is taking the hand of his wife, and to be clear, I do not endorse this role, but she is in the interior of the space near the bed, reinforcing gender roles of the time. Again, it's the gender roles of the time, not my personal beliefs on gender roles. But the idea that the woman's place was taking care of the home while he stands by the window symbolizing his role in the outside world. Some say his hand is up as sort of a dominant gesture, whereas she is sort of looking downward, a little bit submissive. The mirror in the background is said to represent some Christian symbolism as an eye of God witnessing their union, and the frame of the circular mirror has a dozen small scenes from the Passion of Christ. The small dog could be seen as a symbol of fidelity, or some say it's simply another signifier of wealth, as many wealthy women were given lap dogs as companions. It could be a sign of their wealth and their importance and their role in courtly life. The green dress symbolizes hope. Many speculate the hope of becoming a mother. And while many viewers today believe the woman in the portrait appears to be pregnant, as we all know, one should never assume a woman is pregnant. Scholars say this was actually a fashionable look for the day. Clothing was very expensive. Their clothing was particularly expensive with fur lining and such. The idea back then was the more clothing, the more animals died for that clothing, the more wealthy one must be. So no matter how ridiculous the silhouette may appear to contemporary audiences, in the 15th century, those strange bulges of fabric showed that this was a person who could afford to dress themselves. It was conspicuous consumption, proving yet again that for as long as we have had a means to record what people looked like, those people have worked to dress themselves up and surround themselves with markers of their high status. While some see modern mass media as producing a more vain and shallow culture, I would argue Van Eyck shows us people have always been feeding their egos and flaunting their privilege with material goods. At least now, most people know better than to use animal fur to do it. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and the website WhoArtedPodcast.com. Podcast done.